Hello everyone, this is Craig WK, your Dungeon Master for Noobs and Dragons. I wanted to take a few moments to talk to you about something very important. GameZilla Media has actually had a charity event going on uh, called GameZilla Media Gives Back, where we're trying to raise money to get a go-kart, uh, which is essentially a, uh, a mobile gaming station for a uh, children's hospital. Now, we're very close to uh, raising up enough money for one of them, but we're actually now pushing to get it to two, and we definitely need your help. If you can go to GameZillaMedia.com, there's a link you can click on right at the top of the page that'll take you to where you can donate money for this charity. And if you can even just spread the word, it definitely means a lot. Tell your friends and family, make a post on social media, whatever it takes to help spread the word, it really does mean a lot. Thank you again so much, not only for listening to Noobs and Dragons, but also for even considering to give to GameZilla Media Gives Back so that you can help out. Last time on Noobs and Dragons, the group asked Albus B. Tinker to join Professor Von Drakovich in the construction of the Luna Solar Cannon. Then they joined Esther Moonflower in going to the 66th District Court of the Sixth Layer of Hell and met Zalaman the Wretched. And welcome back to Noobs and Dragons. So, Jinder, you meet back up with your comrades again, right? Direct. Yeah, so you've just talked to Zalaman the Wretched. Good and guy. <laughs> you've made your uh, uh, deal with him, and uh, you're back with your uh, comrades. All right. So we knew, I know we asked, and he said it was none of our business, but we did know because we were told that this soul would be, or do I only know? Uh, you you let the group know, but you had read Belgaroth's mind, and yes. uh, uh, at that time, you it, it had been revealed that Zalaman needed the soul of uh, the Etten, the ghost of the Etten, Lucidia Grawl, to be bound to him. Okay. So I'm going to explain to the group that I got more information out of him, plus what happened when I read uh, Belgaroth's mind. Um that he he's a warlock, so he needs to well he needs to bind these creatures to him so he can gain power. That's basically his goal. He looks at this creature, this person, this individual, as a very valuable target to give him more power, and that's why this is important to him. So I'm just gonna be honest with the people here. I made the deal with him. I'll 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 side with him, and in return he's going to give me the weapon I need to take down the Void Thrashers. Uh, Esther uh, doesn't say much to that, uh, but she under, you know, completely understands where you're coming from, and she just sort of like kind of like nods. Uh, Tilly or uh, Alistair, do you guys want to have a meeting with Zalaman the Wretched? Yeah, I'll go. Tilly, are you going by yourself? Absolutely. All right. So, Tilly, you swing the door wide open, you head down the hall, and uh, much as I described in the previous episode, you have this iron wrought door, big, huge door, 
with like a knocker that's just a little out of your reach, and you want to knock on the door. I'm gonna kick it in. Make a strength check. Twelve. With a 12, as large and heavy as this door is, it's almost as if you're knocking as you kick <laughs> against the door. And uh, the door swings slowly open, and you see Balgaroth, who greets you and asks you to uh, uh, sit down. And much like before, Balgaroth flutters to a, a bookshelf, gets a book, slaps it on the chair, and you hop uh, uh, into your booster seat. And uh, Zalaman the Wretched uh, finishes writing you know, down whatever it is he's you know, make, making notes on. And much like uh, uh, Esther... Uh, who is having like being forced to write in blood? Uh, it's a uh, like this inkwell of blood uh, that uh, Zalaman kind of slides the paper aside. It looks like he was writing in infernal, and he slides it aside and he kind of like puts his fingers together and he goes, "Tilly, how may I be of assistance to you?" Listen here, ZTW. I hear you're or a man thing creature of uh, some understanding of what's going on in the world. The door, or the he snaps his finger and the door slams loudly behind you. And he says, you will address me with dignity, Tilly B. Tinker. I just, the last time that I said your name, I kind of vomited. So I th- was just trying to be. Such is the way of curses, Tilly B. Tinker. I assure you it is not very hard to say a name and a title. Okay, okay. Chill out, Mr. Zalaman the Wretched. And he doesn't respond to that, and he just sits in his seat. Anywho. Um, so since I'm to the understanding that you know some things around this world, what can you tell me about Glarus Galaxy Render? Glarus Galaxy Render. Ah, now there is a name that I have heard recently. The Galaxy Render estate you see was a family of half-elves. They very selfishly worshipped the power of Duke Lion, a god of justice. It's not something I recommend, typically, putting your lot in with other beings, unless you bind them to yourself. But regardless, they had worshipped him for some time, and when Duke Lion's power waned in a war fifty years ago, you see... Their power was lost. Only the most faithful and pure of heart would keep their power if they devoted themselves to Duke Lion, but the family was selfish and lost all of their abilities. You see, this made them quite upset. Many of the family members reached out to outside beings to fill the void of that power. I don't know for certain what this Glarus did, But if he's anything like the rest of his family, he made a pact with another being. Did he seem to wield great power when you saw him? I'm still unsure of whether he wielded great power or he just gave me the perception that he did wield great power. I see. Then perhaps he's one of the rare members of the Galaxy Render estate that did not sell his soul to a devil, a demon, perhaps a fey lord, or even worse beings from the far realm that sounds a lot more like him well in any event I can at least assure you that the galaxy render family are a family of those who desire power and control above all other things I see 
So you need my support in getting this soul. What's in it for me? That is a wonderful question, Tilly B. Tinker, and I would be more than happy to grant you an artifact which would help you in your journeys. You found your father recently, have you not? I have. I could have given you something that would have aided there, but instead I will give you an artifact which will protect you from the powers of aberrations and other beings that would seek to do you harm. Armor to replace that which you've been holding so dear to your body for so long and has become rusted with blood and gore. New armor. Sparkly armor. Oh, sparkly, you say? I thought that would catch someone of your intelligence level's attention. So, (laughs) what if there were to, say, uh, be an amulet that you'd have for me that uh, upon using this amulet in battle, uh, I have your little buddy Belgaroth here show up and aid us in whatever we're doing. You seek one of those bound to me. While Belgaroth is one of the newer beings in my menagerie, I am still loath to pass with any being that has bound themselves to me, so I'm afraid that is not a deal I can make you, Tilly. Yeah, but is that deal more important than the soul that I'm trying to deal with you. You seek to gain control over the power of an imp in exchange for the soul of Lucidia Grawl. I feel like you're getting the better end of this deal. Lucidia Grawl, I feel, was much more powerful than just a common imp from the Nine Hells. You're absolutely correct. I don't understand why you would make this kind of deal. (laughs) That is where my confusion lies, Tilly. What is in it for you? And at this point, it seems like Zalaman is really confused, and he kind of makes him angry being confused. And he goes, what is in it for you, Tilly? That, good sir, is for me to know. He says, very well. I shall make you this deal, Tilly B. Dinker. I will bind the soul of Belgaroth the Imp to you. And at this point, Belgaroth goes, no, 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 no. I, I don't think that's what you should do. And he goes, I will bind the soul of Belgaroth to you, and he will be bound to you. All right, then you shall have my, my vote. Now, do keep in mind, Tilly, that this is a deal that is a little bit more involved than handing over an item or artifact. After the court, should I have victory and Lucidia Grawl's soul is bound to me, I will teach you one of my ways. I look forward to this encounter. Very well. I assure you that you should insist upon your friend Alistair Lockwood that he should take this deal as well. You wouldn't want to lose out on Belgaroth, would you? And Belgaroth at this point is like, no, no, please, no, please, no. Good doing business with you, sir. Says, Absolutely. And then I walk out, and as I'm walking out, I kind of like have this like smirk on my face, and I look at Alistair, and I go, he wants to talk to you now. Okay. <laughs> uh, impressive. Uh, 
Zolomon the Wretched only asked you to convince him. You specifically said he wants to talk to you, putting pressure on Alistair. Alistair, <sighs> do you want to go talk to Zolomon the Wretched? I guess I'm summoned, then uh, I better go talk to him. Sure. So you head down the hall, and you switch places, essentially, with Tilly <sighs> as she goes into the room. Uh, at this point, Tilly, do you want to explain anything that you've learned or talked about with uh, 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 with Esther or uh, Jandar? Oh, with Jandar, yeah. I'll be like, hey, if this goes right, I might have Belgroth on our side. <laughs> Wait, what? You bargained for the imp? It's actually more the power to bind people to me. So, like, the imp could just be the start of a beautiful thing. Okay. Interesting. I would have took some armor, but I mean that's just me. I, uh, Alistair. I. Uh, yes. Oh, uh, did you also want to explain to the group that you learned about uh, the galaxy renders? Yeah, yeah. I want to tell them about the galaxy. Okay. Render before I send Alistair. Sure, sure. So you you know a little bit about. Uh, oh, wait, you uh, told me that you just also got a deal about it with an imp. No, no, I didn't tell you that part. Just, <laughs> just the part about the galaxy right <laughs> Probably a good move there. <laughs> Alistair, you head on down the hall, and uh, as you get to the end of the hall, you look out the window and you see this hellscape, this horrifying visage of of what happens to those who, who play with fire, and they get burned. <laughs> it looks warm out there. Oh my god! Sorry. And uh, so you guys, uh, or so you get to the door. Do you want to yeah. knock on it? Uh, I guess I'll knock. Yeah. Sure. So you grab the the demon faced, you know, knocker and hit it. And, is it cold or is it warm? Uh, ice cold. Ice cold. Okay. And you kind of like let it go after a second, and your you know hand feels numb. Weird. And uh, and the door opens, and Belgaroff looks especially despondent. <laughs> Hi, Bale. He goes. Sit down, Alistair Lockwood. And he what flutters aside. And, and he doesn't really respond. And uh, 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 it looks like uh, uh, Zalaman the Wretched has like rolled up a scroll. And he sort of like uh, uh, sets it into like a, like a, a you know, pile of some like paperwork. And uh, he looks, he sort of like kind of like, like sort of like cranes his, uh, his neck around and his hood sort of like rustles uh, around a bit as uh, as he you know sort of like looks in your direction though you still can't see his face and Zalaman the Wretched uh, says Alistair Lockwood I wasn't expecting you sit down please oh, okay I, Tilly told me that you wanted to see me <laughs> he says what a charmingly clever gnome he says do sit down and let us deal, Alistair Lockwood. Your friends are on my side. They wish to see justice done in the world. Yes. What is it that you desire? First, could you remove your hood so I could see who I'm talking to, please? Make a persuasion check with disadvantage. I appreciate that there's a hole in the table that <laughs> just, nice, ran just right rolls right through. What'd you get? Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that would be yes, a uh, 20, exactly. Zalaman shakes his head and he says, I assure you my appearance has little relevancy to our conversations, Alistair Lockwood. Okay. Just do show me some respect. Well, I was asking this, show some respect back to me, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. 
Um, so... Do you dare to enter my office and demand respect Ooh. from Solomon the Wretched? I wasn't demanding, I was just asking. I'm sorry, I apologize. I don't mean to upset you. I found that your words get you into trouble more often than you would care <sighs> for, Alistair Lockwood. Absolutely. This is a place where respect should be of the utmost priority. Yes, sir. And he kind of like, it was sort of like heightened and his like back arched up a bit and it hunches back over again as he sits into his, in his large plush seat. Okay. And he says, so what is it that you desire that I can help you with, Alistair Lockwood? I mean, you seem to have offered Jandar a bow to help him put ends to means of the Threshers. Yes, the Void Threshers. What did you have in mind for me? Ah, now you, Alistair Lockwood, I did not anticipate taking my deal. You strike me as the type full of justice in your heart that thinks that what I'm doing is wrong. Really, it's just another aspect of this world. So what can I offer you? Intelligence? Perhaps a sword to replace the one that forces you to look into that horrible dream journal of yours. That could be good. A sword powerful enough to strike down your enemies. I mean, I did meet a really powerful swordsman the other day. Yes, Sotheby Crux. One of the world's most premier swordsmen in his youth. Age has not dulled his fighting spirits, it seems. Is it, he does look old. How old is he? He uh, pauses for a moment, and he says... By my estimations, he would be in his 70s. Oh, wow. Quite an old, quite old for a human. And he's also a supernova now. He has gained the power of Saturn Volo. No, he gained the power of Koraki, the voice of slithering worms. A lord of madness who bound Saturn Volo to him. Oh, are all the supernovas bound to a Lord of Madness? That is what being a warlock generally means, unless you rise above it. You're a man who wants to get what he desires, and while I'm against certain things and strong beliefs towards justice, we have a battle that we're fighting up there on our own, and I don't know if we'll win. But perhaps you'll win with my support. That's what I'm thinking. Alistair Lockwood. You see, there are many things in this world that someone of your type would consider evil. But I would say that there are evil things and lesser evils. I met a man like that. Telomere Venomstar is a man of confusing evils. Telomere Venomstar... Now, there is a name that I'm a little unfamiliar with, but I've only heard legends. I hear he's known as the Boogeyman. Yes, he's quite an evil person indeed. And I don't even know if he's the most evil among the supernovas. Who is it that you hate the most out of these supernovas? Is it Telomere Venomstar? He's definitely near the top right there. Perhaps a weapon that might assist you in dealing with this boogeyman. A weapon of power. A weapon to strike down those who would oppose you, Alistair Lockwood. All that would oppose me? A power that could give you back 
the dignity your family needs. What kind of power? What you you can help me restore my family? Of course. I could easily do such a thing. Your family would be brought back to the rightful place among nobility. Is this what you desire more than swords and shields? The ability to bring glory to the Lockwood estate. So that when you walk in the room that even Zalaman the Wretched would refer to you as Lord Alistair Lockwood. Is that what you desire? Definitely seems like a good idea. Um. Then I shall grant you what you, what your heart desires the most. Rather than a sword to strike down opponents, rather than the martial prowess to, that would even give you defense against Sotheby Crux, I will instead grant you your family's nobility back. You will have your estate out of the ruined ashes of where it once lied. You will return there after your journeys are over, and you will have everything that you had once before, save for those lost in that fire. So it would just be me. A house of nobility, even with one inside of it, is still a house of nobility, Alistair Lockwood. How many chances will you have to restore your family to glory when you're traveling the world and fighting aberrations? Your blood-smeared destiny is not one of nobility, but it can be if you just agree to my plans. All you need to do is to assist me in granting one soul over. That is all. For the cost of one soul who opposed you, you will have your nobility back. What is it that you say to that? Nobility raised by my family or nobility given to me from the deal with Zalaman the Wretched is something hard to swallow. You were born into your nobility, Alistair. It was not something you earned. Much in the same way nobility granted by me is something that will be given to you. It will be like your birthright. Wouldn't you agree to that? Somewhat. He says... Give it some time. In the trial, I will know if you've sided with me or not. And should you design, decide to side with me, then after the trial you will either have your nobility back or perhaps a sharp pointy stick to slay your enemies with. Whenever you would prefer. Are there any questions you have for me before you make this decision? The trial is beginning soon, Alistair Lockwood, and we don't have much time left. You're okay. My last question is... Do you know what Glarus has planned for everything up there? What he's reaching towards, his goal? As I told Tilly, I don't know his exact goals. I know that there are a great many things stored away. Yes. And he almost looks like he kind of pauses and kind of looks into the distance a little bit. And he goes, yes, great power is stored under the city of Narquelian, is it not? Yes, it is. It sounds like that's what he's after then. And the hounds of hell outside the window in the hall shriek out and tear into people and you hear their uh, horrible screams. 
Thank you for your time, Lord Solomon the Wretched. He says, It is a pleasure to speak with you, Alistair Lockwood. Perhaps the next time we have a discussion together, you will be Lord Alistair Lockwood. Do give it some thought. I will. And you leave the office? It looks like uh, uh, Belgaroth is just like, he's just so horribly depressed. <laughs> and you, you you don't even think he really paid any attention to the uh, fight that or uh, the argument that you guys just had. And you walk out into the hall. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the, other, to the group. You meet up with your friends and the bailiff is in the chamber. And he says, it is time. Ready to go? Yep. Yep. So you guys get led into a courthouse or a courtroom. And uh, as you guys walk in, much like uh, before, the stone walls are all really mundane. It's all really kind of plain, except for the ceiling. It looks like it's uh, like a, a glass dome ceiling. And you can kind of look up and you see like uh, uh, like acid rain just pouring down. And uh, uh, it like hits the roof, but it doesn't melt through or anything. Uh, and you see, like, explosions of fire in the air every so often. Uh, it looks like there's, you know, a sky, sort of, but there's certainly no sun in the Nine Hells. Certainly not the sixth layer of uh, of hell. And so you guys uh, are kind of, like, you know, in the, the crowd. Uh, and there's really nobody else in, the like, the, the, the seating of the courtroom. And at one desk in front of the, the judge's seat uh, is Esther who sort of sits down in, like, kind of, like, you know, like, kind of awkwardness. And uh, Zalaman the Wretched shuffles into the uh, the courtroom. And the jury, which you saw before, that's filled with devils of all sorts and varieties, uh, sort of, like, kind of, like, murmur amongst themselves, go silent as soon as Zalaman the Wretched walks in, who does not have Belgaroth with him. And he kind of shuffles in, and he slowly sits down, and the hood still covers over his face. And the bailiff kind of like, you know, who escorted you into here uh, walks up to the the front and he says, "Uh, hear ye, hear ye. Uh, We have with us the judge who has been uh, loaned to us by the goddess of death for uh, to be impartial. And he kind of like waves his hand. And at the uh, uh, the the judge's like bench, uh, a skeletal like reaper like form appears in a hood and uh, it's wielding a hammer and just slams the the uh, the you know the gavel the gavel down. He goes, "Hear ye, hear ye! I am Judge Bonaparte." <laughs> <laughs> And like, like everyone kind of like, kind of like, uh, uh, seems a little taken aback. Zalaman does not make any motion if he is surprised by this. And the uh, skeletal form says, "As Judge Bonaparte, I demand impartiality from our jury. Should I find that any of you are sided with anyone, I'll have you executed." And the the devils kind of like kind of hush up a bit, and they seem like the the fact that this being is connected to the goddess of death, they don't really want to uh, deal with uh, uh, Judge Bonaparte. I uh, and I uh, I uh, the judge sort of like looks to the uh, the two attorneys essentially. He says, "Would Esther Moonflower call her first witness?" And Esther kind of stands up and looks into the crowd of you three, and she says. I would like to summon Lucidia Grawl to the stand. 
And Zalaman kind of like kind of looks a little like taken aback a bit. Like he sort of like looks like whereas before he didn't make any motion, he sort of looks up and he kind of like goes and he pulls out like a scroll out of his sleeve and puts it out on the table and kind of scribbles something hastily with uh, an inkwell of blood that's uh, on the desk. And Bonaparte goes, "Very well, we have with us Lucidia Grawl." And a door opens on the side, and in chains steps forth Lucidia Grawl as you guys remember her. So you have Grawl, who has this scowl on his face and wrapped in chains. And uh, Lucidia, though, seems to still be twisted and mutated. Has a big clawed hand, uh, uh, like, on her side of the body. Is all, like, you know, like, her, like, flesh is really armored up and stuff, much like you left her last. And uh, uh, she has one bulbous big eye. And uh, there's, like, a uh, almost like a stigmata, like a bloody circle on her forehead where the shard of the Black Pyramid was. And she kind of mutters. She goes, hungry. And Grawl doesn't make a noise and he sits down with his sister at the bench next to the judge and the judge Bonaparte says you'll swear to tell the truth the whole truth or I'll eradicate you Lucidia Grawl and the uh, the, and the uh, Lucidia doesn't seem to understand what's going on and just goes hungry and Grawl goes yes very well and he looks into the crowd and sees you three and he just stares I wave I also wave. <laughs> Do you also wave, Alistair? No. And the two of them kind of wave, and you just sort of scowl back. And uh, Ross says, very well, let's get this over with. And Esther Moonflower stands up, and she says, if it pleases the court, I wish to reach into the memories of Lucidia. And Zalaman, the wretched, I." Uh, immediately like raises up a finger and he goes objection your honor the memories of the plaintiff have no bearing on this case they are merely to distract us from the actions that Grawl has committed and Bonaparte here's both of them and Zalaman doesn't sound especially convincing being caught off guard he goes no I will allow it and you guys see uh, what looks to be like a, the bailiff brings out like a crystal ball and it's pretty large. It's like on a, uh, like a cart almost. And he uh, like, you know, basically like wheelbarrows it in basically. It's like kind of sits it in the middle of the courtroom. And uh, the bailiff says, if everyone, the jury of course included could uh, uh, stare into the crystal ball, it would be appreciated. And you guys start seeing some images. Would you guys like to pay attention? Yeah. Yes. Uh, you guys see uh, what looks to be uh, like a grassy field, like with flowers and stuff. And you see uh, uh, what looks to be uh, uh, Lucidia Grawl, only she's not hideous. Much like Grawl, who had like blonde hair, she has long blonde hair. She looks fairly attractive, though she's a part of a two-headed giant and the lar- their large form is sort of like sitting cross-legged in a uh, like a uh, like a forested like field with flowers and it looks like she's teaching like other uh, druids like how to use like magic and stuff and she you know she sort of te- you know teaches a lesson and she says you know and after the the students leave uh, she says you know I'm very excited for tomorrow's lessons aren't you brother and girl says 
Yes, of course, sister. And the image ends. And Esther Moonflower sort of waves her hands a bit and she says, As you can see, Grawl made no motion that he was, you know, had any ill feelings to his sister or the world or their way of life. You'll find images like this throughout their memories. The madness that Grawl possesses, this anger he has, was hidden from even his sister who he shared a soul with. How could we possibly condemn Lucidia for the actions of her brother when she had no inkling that there was ever such a thing could happen? And she says, you know, I have no further questions for Lucidia. And Bonabar goes, what? No questions for Grawl? She says, none. And Esther sits down. Zalaman the Wretched asks Grawl to recount his stories. And sure enough, Grawl admits to, to using dark magic, tearing into the uh, Shadowfell, releasing all this negative energy, and being laid low by the three of you, who he is not too keen on. Uh, and like any time you three appear in his stories, like when you he first met you in uh, 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 the... Oh, the keep where you uh, Ravens for, keep. Ravens keep, yeah. Uh, Raven, uh, Ravenwood Raven? keep. I don't remember. Stone Raven keep. Yep. There it is. Thank you. Uh, so when he first ran into you there, anytime he tells the stories, then you're involved. He just shoots you daggers. He does not seem happy that he's stuck dealing with you even in the nine hells. And Zalaman finishes the his you know sermon up with the fact that like you know this wretched horrifying being shouldn't be allowed to you know escape justice in the nine hells. And you know some of the jury kind of nod along and stuff. And that witness leaves. Zalaman is now able to call another witness, and he calls forth all three of you. Roll a dice. Let's see who he calls. Twelve. Six, four. <laughs> Alistair Lockwood. Zalaman the Wretched stands up and he says, I would like to call Lord Alistair Lockwood of the Lockwood Estates to the stand. And Esther sort of like kind of looks in your direction. Roll an insight check. And what'd you get? Um, It would be 24. She seems a little nervous about what you're going to say. She mm-hmm. she already knows that the two of them are pretty on board with letting Lucidia Grawl, you know, be sent to the Nine Hells, and by extension, Zalaman the Wretched. But, uh, yeah, you, you get called up, and you go to the stand. Yeah. You go to the stand. Bonaparte, you know, looks at you and goes, Mortal human! Yes, sir? Do you swear to tell the truth and the whole truth? So help you your god? Yes. Very well. And he the, the skeleton kind of sits back, leans back, uh, and Zalaman the Wretched you know, sort of hunches his form up, and he goes, Lord Alistair Lockwood, you have had your experiences with the being known as Lucidia Grawl. Are these recounts of the Etten accurate? And the stories that you heard were accurate. Mm-hmm. He says, very well. Tell me. What do you think? Do you believe that such a being should be allowed to escape from the punishment of the nine hells? From my experience of Grawl and Lucidia, it was nothing but torment for both us and for Lucidia. 
while I think it's not, we're not able to separate the two. I wish that we could. And then unfortunately one brother's problems outweigh the benefits of the other sister. I think that due to circumstances beyond our control, Lucidia Grawl should probably remain in hell. That is all I have for this witness. It is your witness now, Esther Moonflower. And Zalaman the Wretched hunches back down. And Esther Moonflower sort of stands up for a moment and she says, I have no questions for this witness. And Bonaparte looks at you and goes, Well, get up. Yes, sir. I'll stand up. And I. Uh, Tilly and Jandar make a D20 check. Ten. Eight. Jandar, you get called up. You get sworn to tell the truth. Uh, do you? Yes. Uh, once again, Zalaman the Wretched asks for your testimony if you feel like the uh, soul should be bound to the nine hells. I I don't see any reason why this soul should not be here in hell. It is nothing but evil, and it is unfortunate that there is two beings with one soul, but uh, the one being has unfortunately caused caused this and cannot be forgiven. So, yeah, I, I, I say they belong here. Zonlaman the Wretched says, I do appreciate you giving your testimony and honest truth. Esther Moonflower, would you like to ask the witness any questions? And he kind of gloats over and she says, no, I have no questions. And you go to sit down. Tilly, uh, you get called up next. And you park your, your you know, butt on the uh, the bench. And Bonaparte asks if you're going to, uh, you know, tell the truth, the whole truth. Yes. And once again, uh, you get asked the same question as the others. Uh, if you feel like... Uh, uh, Lucidia Grawl should be bound to the Nine Hells. I let everybody know that the soul of Lucidia Grawl should be bound to the Nine Hells for reasons of both Lucidia and Grawl not being in the right. Uh, Grawl for what he has done to Lucidia and Lucidia, although she seemed nice and was trying to help out, she did the one thing to drive Grawl to what he did and that was only care about herself and what she wanted to do and never care about Grawl. Zalaman the Wretched says truer words have never been spoken. He says your witness Esther Moonflower and he, he sort of shrugs it off as if it's going to end immediately and Esther Moonflower stands up and says yes Tilly I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Tell me if one of your friends Jandar or Alistair were to murder somebody and do wrong, would you think that it's your fault? It would depend on the situation. No further questions. And Tilly, you go to sit down. And uh, the, the judge smacks the gavel down a few times and says, if there are no further questions, then I would ask the jury to deliberate. You're all psychic and telepathically linked because you're devil, so get to it! 
now and he kind of like shakes his bony fist in the air and the devil one of the devils stand up and it's that icy devil you saw before with that weird manted like face sort of stands up and goes we the jury have reached our verdict we find that the defendant lucilia grawl shall be put to the nine hells and it's Manted like like teeth, uh, uh, mandibles chatter together, and it kind of like sits back down. And uh, Bonaparte goes, "Very well, the soul should shall be bound to the nine hells." This I command, and smacks the gavel and vanishes. And Lucidia Gralk or Lucidia, who's sort of like you know still like muttering throughout the court like trial, like I'm hungry. Looks to like you know, Grawl looks to uh, uh, Zalaman the Wretched, and Zalaman the Wretched sort of stands up and he says, By order of the nine hells of a lead and the contract which I forged with the devils within, you shall sign this. And he slides a piece of paper across a table, and Grawl sort of looks at it and he uh, kind of like gives a dirty look to Zalaman the Wretched, and he goes, I assure you, Grawl, you have no say in the matter, so sign it. Grawl sort of like picks up a you know ink pen with blood and he sort of like you know scribbles a name in it and he says and Lucidia too and Grawl begrudgingly takes the other hand and just dunks it in the blood and just slaps a bloody handprint on the contract and Lucidia who has no idea what's going on it just sort of mutters about her hunger and uh, he says wonderful you are now bound to me and he waves his hand and Lucidia Grawl vanishes Esther walks up to the three of you and she says it's not how I wanted it to go but it is how I imagined imagined it would go she says I'll be in the room waiting for when they'll send us back home and she walks away and Zalaman the Wretched turns he says Wonderful. You all did exactly as you said you would. And a man or woman's word is the greatest thing they can have. And he holds out his hand. And as he reaches into his cloak, even though he's hunched over, he pulls out a uh, a, a green longbow for you, Alistair. He says... Jandar. Or, yes, Jandar, <laughs> sorry. He says... Jandar, this is for you. It is a bow designed to strike down orcs. Those of true orc blood will take considerable damage from this bow. Use it well. I will. Thank you. (laughs) I hope that it will not be a hindrance in the future for you. The bow works as follows. It is a plus two orc slaying bow. It is a plus two always for this bow. However, when you are hitting orcs with it, uh, you do an additional plus d6 damage. Oh, sweet. Also, it is unable to hurt Zalaman the Wretched. (laughs) If you were to strike Zalaman the Wretched with it, it does nothing. That is the other aspect of the uh, item. And he says, for you, Tilly... I'm willing to grant you Belgaroth. And Belgaroth, he kind of like flutters his robes a bit, and Belgaroth just sort of appears. And Belgaroth says, Tilly, don't you want armor? 
Don't you want anything? Nope. You don't understand what this contract is like. For for you, this contract doesn't mean much of anything. It'll be null and void soon enough. You might want to stop. And Zalaman the Rich says, She made her choice, Belgaroth. All you need to do is sign this paper. And he slides you a paper. You want to read it? I want to read it. Make yeah. an intelligence check. Twenty-one with a twenty-one, I. Uh, it looks like it's a similar contract to the way Zalaman the Wretched sets up his. It makes it so that the being is bound to you. They do have to follow your orders. They have to do just about anything you say, and their life is linked to yours. So what this means is that if you were to take enough damage that would kill Belgaroth, it kills him, and he's gone forever. So basically, if you take a certain amount of damage, in this case, Belgaroth's health, which is 25, once you take 25 HP and damage, Belgaroth is no longer bound to you, and he's dead. Okay. And that's total. So, like, you'll if you take 5 damage, you did not take that damage. You cannot heal that damage back. So, 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 so Belgaroth takes the damage. Uh-huh. Belgaroth takes the damage for you. So you basically are getting a, a buffer of 25 HP. So long as, and if you can avoid taking damage, then all the better. You'll you'll have Belgaroth with you, and he'll have to do whatever you say. But as soon as that damage is taken, Belgaroth is dead. Okay, and there's no way to heal that damage on him. There is not. Not that you know of. Now, yeah. you, Sounds like I'd probably prefer some, prefer some armor or something. I don't know. Wait, you're getting bailed? This is the first I'm hearing of this. <laughs> so you want that asshole? Belgaroth is is pleading with you, Tilly. He goes, you can't. You can't do it. I I'm at least safe. I've got a buffer of other devils and demons and stuff with, with Master Zalaman the Wretched. I'm not going to have that with you. You don't know what you're getting into with this. So I, I go to Bail. I go, so if I cancel this deal, what does that cloak look like? Like, What are the perks on, on that armor that he's going to give me? He goes, probably a lot better than my armor. <laughs> my armor is very, very frail, very thin. He goes, the armor that you'll get for having me is not worth it, I assure you. I look and I go, yeah, probably. You only have 25 health. What the but, hell? I don't know what but that means. don't you learn how to, aren't you about to learn the process where you could get other familiars? Zalaman the Wretched looks and he says, that was never a part of our deal. I only said that I would grant this deal to Tilly. Oh, I, I, thought you, I, thought, I thought you said something about he would have to teach Tilly something. Yeah, yeah, he would have to teach Tilly how to use this particular power, but he's not going to teach. No, 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 no. Zalaman the Wretched shakes his head and he goes, no, I would never reveal my own secrets, I assure you. I will grant you one of my own familiars, one of the beings bound to me, but I will not show you how to be a warlock in the way that I am a warlock. You think that uh, so? I said one of the familiars. Does that mean I can pick one? Not <laughs> not bail. Zalim on the wretched <laughs> lets you know that he is not willing to part with a, a familiar or a being that is more powerful than Belgaroth. He isn't even really all that willing to get rid of Belgaroth, but he really wanted Lucidia Grawl. Okay. And He's I not about at, to be like, yeah, take Lucidia Grawl. I look at I look at Zalaman and I go, just give me the armor because. This guy's just going to whine the whole time that he's bound to me. That was why I was confused, Tilly, why you would want such a thing. <laughs> but in any event, 
and he pull reaches into his uh, uh his cloak again and uh, somehow pulls out this suit of armor that looks to fit you perfectly. It is plus two armor, uh, so it functions the same as the because you have chainmail right now, right? Correct. Yeah, so he gives you chainmail plus two, so it adds plus two to your AC, uh, and it also gives you resistance to psychic damage. He says to protect you from the aberrations that you seek to destroy. Resistance means you take half damage from that kind of damage. Okay. So if I hit you with 20 psychic damage, you would take 10. <laughs> Zalaman looks to you, Alistair. No! No! He says, You performed more splendidly than I would have imagined, Alistair. Excuse me, Lord Alistair Lockwood. He says, Would you like your nobility back, or would you prefer a sword to strike down your enemies? Or is there anything else in your heart that you desire? Perhaps it's information. Perhaps it's something else. What is it that I can do for you, Alistair Lockwood? I want to bring my nobility back my own way. But I want to do it by removing the five supernovas from the world. Then you need a sword to strike down your enemies, don't you? Something that will utterly destroy the supernovas. This is very well. I grant you this. And in out of his uh, uh, coat, he pulls out a black blade, a black rapier. And his warty uh, hand kind of reaches out with his black nails and puts it into your uh, grasp. Says this black blade will aid you well, Alistair Lockwood. It is a sword that will strike down your opponents. You want to take it? Yeah, he put it in my hand. So yeah. You put it in your hand, and I, uh, it feels like kind of heavy, and you kind of like like put your hand like both hands on the pommel, and you pull it apart, and it's two swords in one. You now have p- two plus two swords. They don't have any additional features, but they old, they go into one scabbard. So, like, you pull them apart, and you can put them back together again. Oh, okay. Neat. He says, that will replace the need you have for those cur- the cursed blade you have. Yes, they will. Thank you. He says, you've performed splendidly. There's no reason to thank me. He says, and now... And he kind of waves his hand, and Lucidia Grawl appears. Uh, though not bound in chains anymore, Lucidia Grawl goes to kind of like, you almost think the first gut reaction of Grawl is to just start firing dark energy at you guys like he really wanted to during the court case, and he finds himself unable to. And he says, I assure you that Lucidia Grawl will be put to good use. Now... Let me escort you back to the chamber where you'll be sent back home. He says, Belgaroth will assist you with that now that he is under my control. And Belgaroth goes, <laughs> thank you, sir, uh, and flutters nearby. <laughs> uh, is there anything you guys would like to talk to Zalaman the Wretched about? I believe you guys had a specific question in your heads that uh, you wanted to ask previously and nobody has asked yet. What was it? <laughs> uh, you guys wanted to, he's a warlock you wanted to know if he was bound in any way to uh, oh, uh, Clarus yeah. right 
Yeah, is he bound? Well, I guess we'll ask him that. Are you in beholden to Glarus? <laughs> or bound to him? Bound. I am Zalaman the Wretched, Alistair Lockwood. I am bound to no one. I am my own man. They are bound to me. I am the only warlock in the world who has found the ability to rise above their servitors, and I am the one in control. And he kind of clenches his uh, uh, warded hands, you know, in the uh, the air, and he kind of like clutches a bit, and he kind of like like leans back down, and he starts shuffling further down the hall. He says, "Yes, I do not know much of this Glarus galaxy render, but do know this: the power that." You are impressed by by the five supernovas is but a pittance before me. My power is far beyond that of a mere supernova, Alistair Lockwood. And now that power has increased. And he kind of waves his hand again and uh, Lucidia Grawl vanishes with a scowl on his face. And he shuffles down the hall. Is there any other questions you guys have? Nope. And you guys get to the uh, uh, the the doorway, and Esther looks a little a little sad, though not entirely surprised. And he kind of opens the door up, and he says, "It was a pleasure working with you, Esther Moonflower. I do hope that you will keep your nose out of my business in the future." And Esther doesn't really respond. She just sort of sits there. He says, Belgaroth, send them along their way. And I... Farewell, Bale. And we almost had you as a party member. And Belgaroth goes, Oh, you have no idea how happy I am. I don't have to see you again. Oh, you have no idea. Who knows? Our paths may cross at some point. For your sake, I hope not, Alistair. You don't know what you're dealing with here. Isn't it Lord Alistair now? No. He says, <laughs> no, not. he did not take that deal. Well, that's so right. I don't have to do it. I look at Bale and I go, we would have had a lot of fun together, Bale. <laughs> I would have been miserable every step of the way. But I want to give you something to remember me by. <laughs> oh, what is it? So I pull out that wooden. <laughs> <laughs> do you give them both? Huh? Do you give him both? Oh, or just yeah, the one? yeah, I'll give him both again. You give him both again, and uh, he takes them both, and he goes, uh, at least one of them will be gone soon enough. <laughs> and he kind of holds on to him, and he, well, actually, he has to, uh, uh, he turns himself back into a, like, a, uh, what looks to be like a tiefling again, and he pockets the, uh, uh, the idols in his, like, you know, breast pocket, and he begins to start creating the summoning circle to send you back to the, uh, primary plane. And, uh, as you do so, or as he does so, and you guys are kind of awkwardly in this, like, circle waiting for, uh, 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 oh, also keep in mind, uh, uh, Tilly and Alistair, both of your items do not function in the face of Zalaman the Wretched. So your armor is like paper before Zalaman Wretched, and your swords cannot pierce or harm Zalaman the Wretched. Yeah. Much like Jandar's bow. I think it I, and, uh, as I, I, as the circle is uh, being created, uh, you hear a voice in the hall. Uh, it sounds like maybe maybe it's the bailiff. Maybe another devil is like gone up to approach Solomon the Wretched. He says, uh, "Lord Solomon the Wretched, I have uh, uh, news. If you guys would like, you can make a perception check as they go to whisper." Yes. 
Anybody can make the roll. 24. Tilly? I didn't roll. <laughs> you have your uh, ears plugged? 27. Wow, with a 24, I... You, I... I... You catch the, the name Irapil Jr. Uh, it kind of catches your attention. You kind of listen, and then the 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 uh, what sounds to be the uh, uh, like the the summoning circle starting to like rumble, kind of block what you the rest of everything you can hear. Uh, Alistair, you hear after that. You catch the the name Irapil Junior, and uh, you hear the the devil's voice in the hall go. Irapil Junior has has news for you uh, in regards to the Vile Corporation, and you hear something called the Vile Corporation. And uh, Zalaman the Wretched's response is not heard as you guys suddenly find yourselves in the primary plane. And you're back in the uh, church uh, right where you had left. Uh, and it's dark. It looks like uh, maybe a full day has passed. Though it doesn't seem like you were in court for especially long. You were there. It felt like a few hours, but somehow time must have elapsed differently there. Well... Thanks, Bale. Is he here with us or no? You look around and Bale Garoth is nowhere to be seen. Okay. And it's the three of you and Esther Moonflower. And Esther Moonflower seems a little sad. And she says, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go into my chamber. Yes. And Esther uh, walks away. Probably should make sure that my dad and Von Drakovich haven't killed each other. It's probably a good idea. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, Alistair, do you want to make a uh, uh, history check? Or would anyone like to make history, religion, or uh, arcana checks on the Vile Corporation and Irapil Jr.? Which one do you want me to do, Jandar? Which one, I, which one is... Our religion's best for me. Then take religion and... You got Arcana? I'll do an Arcana, which is a super awesome 11. With an 11? No, uh, a super awesome 11. Excuse me, a super awesome 11. Uh, you're you're a little unfamiliar with those terms. Uh, vile doesn't really mean much. Uh, and Irapil Jr. is a name you've never heard. It doesn't really sound especially familiar. Uh, what did you get for... Uh, 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 history. history super awesome 12 with a 12 <laughs> i the name the name Irapil jr is a little familiar but it's not especially familiar you can't really put your finger on it uh w- once again the vile uh, this vile organization or vile corporation is it's uh, it's a little unknown though presumably zalaman the wretched is somehow involved with them maybe he's a member i uh, and uh how about you tilly a super awesome mega 21. Wow, 21. With a 21, uh you you've heard bits and pieces about the Vile Corporation. I uh, they they're a, a group that's uh supposedly really powerful and small in number. You don't know a lot about them. Uh but the name Irapil Jr does ring a bell. Uh apparently uh, uh Irapil Jr is the child of a devil, like a uh, uh like an arc devil. I uh, Who's been in like uh, the kind of in the uh, like shadows of like history for for maybe the the last like fifty or so years? Uh, he sort of appears with other like villainous organizations, and he kind of vanishes. He comes back. Uh, lately, uh, you know that he was uh, a very prominent player. Uh, uh, 
on another continent where he was like, you know, likely getting up to no good being uh, this, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, devil. But uh, apparently he's now involved with this vile group. You're not really sure entirely. You know that he was the child of this incredibly powerful devil who uh, uh, was destroyed and defeated like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Maybe even thousands of years ago at this point. Uh, would you guys like to stay at the church? Do you guys want to go to visit uh, Von Drakovich and uh, Albus B. Tinker? Yeah, I want to go back to the school. Absolutely. So you guys go back to the uh, 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 the school of magic. And uh, as, uh, as you guys walk in, uh, you don't really hear much. It's pretty silent. Dad? Great, they killed Hello? themselves. Uh, you, I, 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 you hear, uh, what, uh, uh, sounds like, uh, uh, like something like tearing against stone. And a few moments later, you see, uh, Professor Von Drakovich appears and it looks like he was in that, like, long, the basement, you know, that you guys had found, Mm -hmm. uh, the staircase that leads down and he goes, oh, hello, uh, we've, uh, made a little bit of progress. Um, would you, would you like to see it? Sure. Yeah. What kind of progress? <laughs> I, I think that you'll you'll enjoy it. Um, it's not completed, but but we're we're making great progress. Okay. And he goes to the the basement, and because he floats everywhere with this fancy body of his, goes down and just choo, just shoots straight down. <laughs> you guys want to follow? Yeah. 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 You guys go down the ladder. And uh, you hear the the voices of Albus and Von Drakovich uh, bickering again. And it, you hear P- Professor Von Drakovich. He's like, I'm telling you, they're going to love it. And Albus B. Tinker goes, I don't understand. What is this even? What's the purpose of this thing? And you guys get down the uh, staircase and, or down the, the ladder. And uh, the two forms of the, the, you know, the professor and the, the doctor, so to speak, the two of them uh, are in front of you. And uh, Professor Vondragovich looks really excited. Elvis B. Tinker looks really confused. Okay. What's going on, guys? Uh, it, it's not completed, but uh, I, I guess... Professor von Drakovich here thinks that this is something important. I I've not been able to figure out why. Well, what is it? And they step aside and there's a goat. <laughs> what? With uh uh like a the the face of like a dragon. <laughs> it doesn't have wings. And uh it looks like it has like draconic like uh like uh clawed feet and uh uh Professor von Drakovich goes it's almost at Mach 2! <laughs> yes! What is this? And that's where we're going to go ahead and pause today's session. Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. This show is brought to you by listeners like you, 
If you wish to support the show, go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. From there, you'll be able to gain excellent perks, like a behind-the-scenes show for Noobs and Dragons. We thank you for your patronage.